As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're not going to talk too much about sadness. No. Okay? Nothing An happened. anti-sadness pod because it's moving a little sad. forward, Michael. We move forward. Move forward. By talking about how Dame Lillard maybe wants to get out of Portland. Hey! Wow. Thumbs up on the YouTube stream. And Brian and I revisit our preseason Nets player draft. Mm. And we redraft the team and see the differences. Ooh. It's going to be a nice sort of... Holding uh, ourselves accountable, Mike. Holding ourselves accountable. Yeah, because there's one pick that you made that, <clears throat> that I claim I probably made and I didn't make. But we'll talk about that coming up after the show. Or during the show. In the show. Coming up now. This is Mike Harris. Hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. But most people don't realize. So Brian, his hellos are so crispy and clean. No, that was not good. I cut it. But we do the show over Zoom. And oftentimes Zoom cuts out. Brian is at such a high register that Zoom literally cuts out his voice. You know what's you know what's the greatest compliment? Is Zoom will actually, if it detects you're um, playing music, it'll say, hey, are you playing music right now? And sometimes if I get right in that in that perfect range, I'll get the alert. Are you playing music? What, does Zoom <laughs> noise cancel music because I, of like I don't know what, what's supposed to happen, but if you click on the little thing, it brings up some settings for music or whatever. So anyways, feather in my cap. When it didn't happen this time because that <laughs> sucked, but <laughs> but next time, lots to aspire for. Mike, what's going well, on? Yeah. Welcome back to the Glue Guys, uh, netsilly.com, The Athletic. Get yourself behind that paywall at theathletic.com slash glue guys. Uh, if you could, be so kind. Uh, Hanukkah has just ended. Christmas is on its way. A little gift to your glue men right here. Go on Apple Podcasts, five stars. We need them. We want to have them. Uh, I will look at the reviews. The funniest one, I will read privately oh. to myself and, and chuckle. I appreciate <laughs> I'll the chuckles. it into a jar. And also, uh, <laughs> scarykittles.com has a new drop. Yes. Mike, Tell D- people about Scary Kittles. There's a, not everyone knows. There's a hand-dyed DC uh, 
a DC shirt with all the oh, cool. It's hand dyed. <laughs> hand dyed. So labor, good. There's labor. There's labor involved. <laughs> it's our labor. We hand dyed it. It's yeah. Okay. <laughs> it we did. It's, I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, why am I doxing? Why am I grabbing? And you're incorrectly doxing. Um, yeah. It's uh, people were. It's scary kittles, as in s s c a r y k i t t l e s dot com um yeah like t-shirts carry kittles like carry kittles but with a, scary. With, a, with a fun turn of phrase and uh and there's new stuff up there and all the old stuff still just a few more thick boys in stock but yeah fun stuff i'll put some like things on the screen for the youtube and as we're as we said in our tease we're ignoring sadness we're pushing it down deep into our soul we're just plugging right through the sadness that's what we're doing we're just, <laughs> instead of sadness we're Plug just up that sadness <laughs> Um, I want to give a shout out to a special listener. Oh, Mina Kimes, friend of the show. Oh, Mina is one of the, the, the nicest people in media. Oh, uh, I agree. Uh, is she tweeted out? This is so sweet. If you haven't seen it, I really appreciate it. She tweeted out Apple podcast had a thing and said, what is the most comforting pod for you this year? And Mina said the glue guy. She called us a sort of niche pod, which is true. Yeah. Which is actually very uh, very nice because we're very niche. It's not only just niche, niche because niche. it's a basketball a Nets podcast, which is already niche, but then it's also this informal, you know, s- sort of personalized version, which just puts it way off the radar. I'm going to close yeah. the window. You keep going, Mike. So, Mina Kimes, thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say that. It warmed my heart. Uh, and this is this time of year. It's, it, you know, it's, it's the holidays. We just had Thanksgiving. We just had Hanukkah. It's time to be thankful. And I'm thankful for all you listeners. Oh. And I'm not thankful for the Nets because oh, they're, hey, they're come terrible. On. Hey, no, they're terrible. Mike, we beat, no, this team we beat is the, awful. We beat the Timberwolves. Burn it down, Brian. We, <laughs> Burn it down, Brian. I've never heard, never heard you do anything like that. I'm trying to do new voices. I thought we weren't going negative because we always. This is the problem. We always have a good game on Friday night, a bad game on, in this case, Saturday. But you know, Sunday seems to be the way the schedule goes. And then we always sound like we're negative. Nancy's. I mean, we can we can do a little Bulls game stuff if you want to, Mike. But. Um, you like know, I tell my same, wife every time stick. I pack the car for a long road trip, she says, I thought we weren't going to go negative. I said, honey, yeah. we're in it. We're in. The, we're on the battlefield, my yeah. love. And I'm going negative. Wow. Wow. All right. Go ahead. Can you please pack some bags that close? Can, it zips up. She has a thing where she likes to pack things in bags that, that overflow? just stay open. Oh, the tote An the overflow tote bag. bag. There's the something about, someone, Zip uh, it up. Somewhere along the way, they went all totes. And as as dudes who like are, are basically mule, mule, mule boys, as I assume you are. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the name of our other podcast, <laughs> The Mule Boys, where we talk about packing. That, that tote thing, it's not as easy as it looks. To, it's got, they often have very small like shoulder to armpit ratio things um, yeah. it can it can dig in anyways mike do we want to talk about the nets okay, ever on this podcast the nets. Yeah. here's an issue okay let's just be let's talk a little bulls because then we're going to talk about damian lillard because there's been some interesting developments regarding damian lillard and it mm. matters for the brooklyn nets um can we say it's a problem can we say the 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 narrative that the nets can't beat elite teams can we say it's an actual issue well let's you know me i'm an optimistic guy you know i'm a i'm a half more than half full. I'm delusional, yeah. basically delusional person. Your um, glass is half full of of, of fruit bu- punch of bullshit. That's how. Yeah, that's how yeah. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Um, and so, I mean, if we're doing, if we're talking like incremental steps towards beating elite teams, you know, 
We <laughs> oh, wow, <laughs> we, this is charitable. We had, we had a close game. Also, you know, the Bulls being elite team is sort of questionable, even on its face. So even I'm going to call myself out on this. They, but, they beat yeah. they beat the Nets twice already. Yeah, I mean that's that's if there's any reason why they're we're we're making them we're like you know Hogan putting them over right now, uh, putting some random jobber. That's a great you know, comparison. <laughs> we're just putting them that's over, an and they may or may not deserve it. I can't tell. They're pretty fun to watch. I got to tell you, I kind of like. I mean, I'm kind of jelly of the Bulls. Do you feel that way at all? They're it's a really fun team. Like, fun. like I was looking at, so I was like, wow, Lonzo Ball is so impactful on this game, and he had like three points. Mm-hmm. And so they have him. They have the 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 bald the bald eagle in Caruso. Got to respect of, going all bald though, too. I mean, we do. Let's not derail and talk about. Well, hair he too resisted much. it for many years, so I don't respect it. <laughs> it's any resistance he was between a rock and a bald place. <laughs> wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow, he was Damn. between a rock and a bald place. You were ruthless. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, super we'll, fun. Derek Jones Jr. I mean, a lot of Derek Jones Jr. is like insanely fun. Um, and the only thing I could think about was remember during the pandemic when we believed that us watching basketball players play video games was going to be the content that we were that was going to fill the hole of basketball and Derek Jones Jr. played Kevin Durant right. on ESPN and destroyed Kevin Durant yeah. in 2K um, and that's all I can think about now because that's a pretty that's a big that's chip a big that one. should be on Katie's supple shoulders um, listen it doesn't feel right against big teams it doesn't feel right it feels like there's something lacking uh, the, Harden <laughs> Harden said specifically after the game that the loss is on him. And I'm glad for that observation. It's an observation that anyone could have had. Again, we're not going to be negative today. We're not going to be negative and be dour and and, and talk about how this team is never going to win. They're not going to get out of the first round. But that was a disgusting James Harden game. And he missed about four to five bunnies at the rim that – Obviously, if he hits those, it's a different ball. It, it felt like more like ten to fifteen bunnies. It felt like it just <laughs> kept happening over and over again. I, can't, I don't even know what the number is, but I can't. I th- you know, it might be just recalibrating his li- his new lift. You know, it might be just that he. I mean, he's sure. really at point blank and pretty open. And I think that there's like, it, you know, it might just be that he needs to be like have post hamstring estimates for for where he needs to put put the ball because like he's really open and right there at the rim so there's just no reason to not um be finishing with his uh with his skill set so um anyways maybe that's just well and and the funny thing about that is we were all complaining that he hasn't gotten to the rim as much this year and he got to the rim against a very good perimeter defensive team he consistently got to the rim he just didn't finish. And I would say like even our perimeter defense wasn't terrible. It just so happened that like they saved all of their uh, transition offense, which is what they're good for, for the fourth quarter when we sort of were like, you know, oh, they're not going to do transition offense and then just didn't have any kind of um, transition defense planned out for that. Uh, So like that was a, I don't know if that was actually like a strategic thing that they did or just like, they were like, (laughs) oh, why don't we just blow the doors off these old farts um, and then, and then proceed thusly. Uh, one a little silver lining, if I may. Sure, line we, it with silver. Can I do? I mean, this is very thin, but it's a you know Paul Paul Millsap has been activated. Okay. You know, <laughs> he's he's a little he's a little life. You know, back in Paul Millsap, which I mean, there was that, nowhere to go. A but very nice silver lining. Nowhere yes. to go but up. But you know, he's been uh, he looked really good against the Bulls for periods. Had a couple of moments against the Timberwolves on Friday, um, but in general, seems to be coming back to life. 
So, you know, just having everyone have their, but also not silver lining. What's the anti-silver lining? How do you, what would you, um, the well, brown, like, the brown lining? Yeah, like the, gilded is the opposite of gold, right? It's fake gold. Is there fake, like what's the silver that you used to wear when like the necklaces, remember when we were kids and like we had like those awful bracelets and like the sort of like woven silver did you ever ride that wave? They were like pre-Puka shell. I'm not saying uh, I'm above necklace. riding it because I, I would have, but I don't know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I'll find an image yeah. of it and I'll send it to you. Yeah. Because I rocked it, but it was the type of material that would make my, I would get a rash from. Oh, good. So I would wear it and then I would just have like a red rash around my my chubby neck, which I yeah. know people don't believe. You know, I had, a, I had a chubby neck and it was a, it was a big, <laughs> nobody big, believes a big neck. <laughs> no, I was. What was your point about anti-silver? Oh, uh, that, the anti-silver surfer. <laughs> Are we, I mean, just, just are we a little bit worried about Bruce Brown finding his way again offensively? Oh, um, no. No. Don't say that. Okay. He right. got 12 rebounds. He did. He, yes, I understand offensively. Yeah. But, but I, I think it, I think he, I'll give Bruce more time. I, I won't, it, I won't be like Steve Nash and DNP him like he did Blake Griffin so I'm, viciously. I'm going to be real. I really don't think that these are, that this meme of that we can't be good teams is going to be around in February. I just don't think so. I mean, I think I think that we're going to be ultimately fine. I mean, really, because like James, they're trading for Damian Lillard <laughs> potentially, but also because James Harden is going to hit more than four point blank shots in in the in the future. I just have to believe that this is just just a strange post hamstring psychological hinky moment. But I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up his exact like shot chart from the game. It's not popping up the way I wanted to, but. He was, he took, in terms of shots less than 10 feet, he took 14 shots less than 10 feet against the Bulls, and he hit 29% of them, which is not good. I also have a data point via the Discord. Shout out to the Discord. Invite in the Twitter bio and in the YouTube description below. Um, Somebody posted, I can't, I don't remember who the original tweet was or who posted in the Discord, so (laughs) two for two here. Um, but I did copy and paste it and it says, um, the Brooklyn three point percentage, uh, shooting overall effective field goal percentage per, uh, for the season. So rank pre Joe Harris injury, we're frequency 39.5%. That's ninth. That ranks ninth accuracy, 40%. That ranks first effective field goal percentage, 55.8%. That's second post Joe Harris injury. Are you ready for these numbers, Michael? Yes. Ready. Frequency, 32%. That's 27th. That's a loss of about 20 position ranks, rank positions. Accuracy, we went from first to 19th at 34%. Effective field goal percentage, we went from second to 16th at 52%. We're, we are down significantly, double digits Stunning. in every single metric, sure. Mike. It's so the people out there that don't that have no concept of oh whether Joe Harris shoots the shot or not or whatever blah blah blah, blah the downstream effects of Joe Harris on the basketball court are many yeah. they are quantifiable we have evidence of them they're everywhere so we have to stop doubting this man yeah I mean he is top three three point shooter in the NBA he has the eighteen million dollar salary or whatever it is and other teams would take Joe Harris in a second if the Nets put him on the trade market. He has real value. And like, so I say all that to say, because he has this value, him oh, not being on the oh, floor wow. does affect the team. Mm. It affects the team. And, and you know, I, I've been liking the minutes from the role players. Like, obviously, we love Bembry. 
you want Bruce you want to cut Bruce Brown. I don't I, know I why. Hate, it's a personal I hate, thing. I hate these I hate these memes. I love Bruce Brown. You know I love Bruce Brown. I just I'm always looking yeah. to to polish the edges. Or I mean sh- shave the to edge. shorn off the edges like <laughs> to trim yeah. the fat. Yeah. You see. No, I I want to make small improvements wherever I can and I think we're not putting Bruce Brown in the best position to succeed. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You have a strange but, face on your You have a look that no, I can't No, no, but if behind the curtain for everyone I have a. This is going to reel off course here. Oh boy! But I have a. I have a uh, screw in my tire that flattened my tire, and our mechanic just texted me and he said, "I'm not sure how to interpret this." He says, "Looks like it's a boulder screw." He just has a picture of it. Hope the hole is too big for patching. And I'm thinking, like, I want pat. Don't I want patching? Mm-hmm. I don't like patching means less money for me. I think he's just anti-patching means I I, I get a new tire that costs too much money. I, you know think, I, mean? I think there might be a confirmation text in there. Are you sure you don't mean isn't too big for patching? It could be no. could be just a missing could be. Yeah, that's missing. what I think. Yeah. yeah, that's what I that's what I think. Um real quick before we get to Damon Lillard, because we talked about we're not talking about the negativity. Um Nick Claxton has come back. What do we what do we make of Nick Claxton? Little I don't know. A little early to tell at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, and and as we do coming up, we have a really fun thing that we're going to keep doing throughout the year, like different seminal moments. To start the year, we did uh, we drafted Brian. And I drafted the players in the Nets roster who we like the most, plus contributions and all the sort of factors, like who you like the best. And Nick Claxton was my second round pick. Uh, I'll be interested to see where Nick Claxton places in this draft that we mm-hmm. have coming up later in this episode. Before we get there, Brian. Let's just talk about Damian Lillard. Let's do it now. Okay, let's do it. Fire it off. There's a great, big, gorgeous report in The Athletic, theathletic.com slash glue guys to get behind that paywall from Sham Sharania and Sam Amick, two all-star reporters, insiders in the NBA. This is all about the Portland Trailblazers having to do with Neil O'Shea now out from the Portland Trailblazers. What is the state of the franchise now with Neil O'Shea, the former general manager, out? Part of it, discusses how Damian Lillard, maybe there's some anxiety, a little bit, a twinge of anxiety um, between him and the franchise. There's been some Chauncey Billups, head coach, V players, ruffling of feathers. Mm. And it says in here that multiple sources have told The Athletic that Lillard would like to play with 76ers three-time All-Star Ben Simmons. Uh, The idea being that Simmons is a great defender, Trailblazers are an awful defensive team, and it would really help um, Damian Lillard to have Ben Simmons on the team. Okay. Um, I just say this. We made jokes about this before, but it does open up the window slightly ajar for a Damian Lillard exit if the GM of the team is now out and there's some disagreements between Chauncey Billups and Lillard. I know we're not saying... Kyrie, like, I I have no clue. I mean, it's from a salary perspective, it's very easy to trade Kyrie Irving for Damian Lillard. Um, And it would be super fun. I don't know if the Trailblazers would want Kyrie Irving. It It doesn't feel like a franchise that would embrace Irving. But I will say this, okay, of the weirdest NBA cities, the sort of the clientele that most embraces sort of an odder path of life. Portland is top three, right? 
I just to be stereotypical. I mean, there's literally a show called Portlandia about the oddities of of being a Portlander. Mm. Um, Portland, <laughs> uh, you know, has a different culture overall. I'm not saying that it's anti-vax or anything like that. I could just see Portland Trailblazer fans falling in love with with the quirky Kyrie. Oh, dude, 100%. With just quirky, odd, flat-earth Kyrie. Well, you know why? It's because his anti-vaxxerism, it's born from not the same kind of anti-vaxxerism. It'd be a... a, That perpetrates (laughs) a certain news network. (laughs) Right. It's not January 6th anti-vax. It's... It's a whole different brand, which they, you know, who knows? They might get behind a little it's bit better. Skeptical eye, skeptical third eye, a little bit, and and, and yeah. also a little bit like Earth Mother vibe too. There's a little bit like you know he's a, a, a vegetarian, I think, still and pretty into that whole thing. You know, there's a whole thing of there's uh, you know every boomer has that same joke where it's like you know these anti-vaxxers are like ripping menthol cigarettes and you know it's there and they won't put take the vax it's you know if they, if you have a precedent of taking care of your body there's like maybe a little bit more sort of logical grounding to your opposition i'm not saying like i'm not saying i agree <laughs> with it but i'm just just trying to build logical frameworks you know just workshop yeah absolutely mm. we're, we're trying to sell the Kyrie irving trade to Portland right now <laughs> yeah yeah yep <laughs> Big um and, and Nike is headquartered in or- Oregon. Uh, Kyrie, I say this over and over again, and I really don't mean to just like have this like weird hot take of like capitalism rules all. It, uh, Kyrie Irving matters a lot to Nike, and mm-hmm. and I would think Nike matters somewhat to Kyrie on some level. He's probably getting X amount of dollars from them on a at a high series of level. It would maybe be nice for Nike to have one of their biggest stars, you know, back in their backyard and all the marketing activations that they could do. It. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Mike. Marketing, marketing, marketing possibilities, Brian. Let's activate. Let's activate around this initiative. If you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> um, and how dope can we just do this for a sec? How dope would it be if Damian Lillard played for the Brooklyn Nets? It's not going to happen. Cool? It's not going to happen. Mike, why are we, why do we do this to ourselves? Wouldn't it be cool though? <laughs> yeah. It'd the, be great. The perimeter defense would be horrific between Harden and Lillard, but it would be a pure. Del- I mean, Dame. Uh, if if you if da- we're being serious, Lillard is like one of Katie's favorite players. He talks about it all the time. Um, those guys have played together in the Olympics and stuff like that. Uh, I could see it, it could be a, a beautiful thing. It could be. if he if Do he you, came. To I play. noticed you called him Dame. Do you get you go Dame on it? Yeah, I go Dame. That's what that's what most people because we're so close <laughs> to him. Why? What do you not like that? I I don't know. I just I have a we we workshop this bit beforehand. This is <laughs> I can't I can't help it. Do I the bit, man. Well, the bit is that like <laughs> sorry. What's I bl- the bit? I bl- Tell people why you want to talk about. I have, this. I think that like <laughs> you're so upset. You're so upset with the, the game of the, the game. Bit. I I just... had a pro- I had a problem. I had a a parallel maybe with Dame Lillard where you know when I when I was going to summer camp Jewish summer camp as we often talked about as the only uh, you know Irish guy in in the summer camp they asked the in the application yeah. they were like do you have any nicknames and not knowing any better you know my like parents and my sisters called me Bud growing up but yeah but I have a nickname named like Bud and then of course on every <laughs> document that circulates around the camp. I'm Bud Egan, so I basically have an alter ego for that whole, you know, group group of friends and people uh, that I'm. But now I'm Bud Egan to those people, uh, which is a totally different person. And I feel like maybe something Great like person. that happened. 
<laughs> that happened to Dame Lillard. You know, I feel like that there was like a, an application somewhere where he put that in there because there's too much inconsistency with his with his name. Sure, you know that's and how Damien's a great name. Fantastic, Damien's name. a great name. Bud Egan is a different person. It's a I different mean, if you person. were Bud Egan, you wouldn't be doing this. Bud podcast. Egan's you- got a dirt bike. He's got a dirt bike. <laughs> he's doing. He's doing uh, motocross. You know, I don't know who he is. And you being the only Gentile in the in the whole you know student body at the camp, being yeah. also then Bud Egan, you must have been an object of fascination. Bud Egan Whoa. has also got like red Arbok. There's Bud Egan. <laughs> yeah, there's also like there's like I feel like there's like a like a boxing again, but cigar chomping box. That is the cigar the cigar chomping boxing coach that's that's laying dormant inside me. Like that's his name. What would Bud be Egan. that voice? What would be Bud Egan's voice? <laughs> You already know. He's getting his gravel, <laughs> buddy. You got what it takes, kid. I like your. I like those mitts. Bring the mitts here. I want to see. I haven't seen hands that fast since Rocky Marciano. Oh, look, look at the thighs on this one. Bring them here. Bring those ham hocks here. Hey, let me, <laughs> ham hocks is a big. It's a big. Yeah, ham hocks have to be part of the vocabulary. Of if you're Bud Egan. Of course. If you're old man Bud Egan. Um. Yeah. So. I just wanted to bring this to people's attention. There's things that we have to be monitoring. I keep teasing this episode, but we're going to do the Kyrie conundrum coming up very soon. And I think Damian Lillard is like a 1% chance type thing, meaning like I think he's even a 1% chance for leaving Portland this season. It feels like a thing that maybe happens next offseason when he's fully like let the franchise burn down around him. But something to monitor. Certainly Lillard's contract for Kyrie's contract would make a lot of sense. Uh, it would be super fun to have Damian Lillard, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on your basketball it, team. It'd be a lot more fun than watching the empty seat, you know, collect dust. Like, that's what we're doing. We're just counting. We're just got our rulers out, counting the inches of dust collecting on Kyrie's chair right now. That's the that's what we're doing. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. Coming back, Nets redraft. Brent and I are going to go through the roster and draft it up about, you know, who's best. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And we're back, Brian. So, 
to remind everyone what happened last time. We, at the beginning of the season, as part of our season preview, drafted the Nets roster. And we went through. Brian, I had the, or Brian had the first pick. I had the second and third. It was snake draft, you know, back and forth. Here was Brian's team. And this is in order of the guys that he took, and then I'll do mine in order of the guys oh, I'm I took. Excited. Brian went with James Harden, number one. Oh. Yowza. <laughs> Yowza. I mean, I had I had the Brutal. second I had the second pick. What the fuck? No, you had the first pick. No, you had you Kevin had number, Durant, number one. Yeah, you took James Harden number yeah, one. Yeah, but you had the first overall pick in the snake. No, you had the first overall pick. No, that's not true. Okay, maybe you're right. Um I didn't really workshop this. Uh, Joe Harris, you took Blake Griffin, Blake, the Marcus Aldridge, Paul Millsap, James Johnson, Bembry, which, okay, I need to be fully honest here. I've talked a lot about how I was the first conductor on the Bembry train. Uh, the second that he signed, I was excited. And it's a real black mark on my credibility, the fact that Brian drafted Bembry when he did. When I think I took Javon Carter oof, before Benbury was even off the board. That's where I'll get you. It's that it's deep in the bench. That's where that's where Bud Egan does work. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's where the mitts and the ham hocks come into play. And and your last pick was David Duke Jr., who we're still waiting for the David Duke assignments. Oh oh, and Daron Sharp is setting the world on fire. Hey, don't don't <laughs> talk about my team that way. Yeah, my team, Kevin Durant, second second pick in my draft was Nick Claxton. A bit rough for your guy. <coughs> Patty Mills. Okay. Nice. The the ghost of Kyrie Irving for the potential, the trade exception that is Kyrie Irving. Uh, Bruce Brown. Cam Thomas. <laughs> Diggity, no doubt. <laughs> you really uh, sound yourself. Javon Carter. My bench craters. Javon Carter, Dayron Sharp, and Kessler Edwards, who I will remind you, if you look at Kessler Edwards per 36, he's averaging like 30, 10, and 5 mm. on 50% from three. There you go. So if they just played him 36 minutes a game, he'd be amazing. Mike, okay. without Kevin Durant, your team is an abo- a true abomination. Patty Mills, Cam <laughs> Thomas, stop. You're, you have Blake Griffin. You have a guy, Joe Harris, who's not even playing basketball. Okay. He's just like, not even playing basketball. Paul Millsap had one good game, and you're trying yeah. to butter us Look, up. I've got Marcus Aldridge, which is the best pick in the draft. So He was the best pick in the draft. He was. Undeniable. Okay. I will give you the first pick since I took the first pick last time. Do you want, should I share a screen so this is the YouTube dealio? Uh, yeah. So that YouTube peeps can uh, can experience this in raw. Well, so if you want to, let's time go on our YouTube. Um, hop in. You're going to get to see the draft happen live in front of your faces, and it'll be fantastic. Um, okay, Brian, you're up. Ooh. I'm ga- imagining you're taking Kevin Durant, right? Okay, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Kevin Durant. I'm gonna shock the world and do that. Should we talk about how good Kevin Durant is? He's been pretty good. Um, twenty nine points. Did you get an ad blocker and six assists? No, you didn't. I don't think so. No, I didn't know. Yeah, I just, no. uh, just took a while to load. Um. Oh, there they all go. There they go. Here, here they come. Here they come. Um, he's been amazing, and he's maybe the MVP right now. And thank God they have him, uh, because if it was just James Harden and Kevin, if like Kevin Durant got hurt for a while, that wouldn't be good. I don't know if you feel that way, but uh, no. So you got Kevin Durant. Any thoughts cool. on KD? What needs to be said? You know, at this point, it's just just a uh, like. The only thing that I can say is I wish we could stop riding him so hard 
like our fourth quarter offenses. I know that we're we talked about this like an episode or two ago where we're just like maybe we're just pretending or like or practicing for the fact that we just don't need an offense in the in the playoffs and we're just going to be relying on Kevin Durant the whole time. But do we have to do it the whole season? I mean, I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> it's a lot. Anyways. At least we think his Achilles is healed, right? Oh, we're, or we're, we're stretching it pretty thin at this point. <laughs> uh, All yeah, right. I feel good. So I have two picks as snake style. And here's what stinks. I have to take James Harden with the second overall pick. Um, though he's a controversial player this year. I mean, we've discussed it so many times on the show. We had a former, we had Moe DeKeel, former Clippers and Spurs video coordinator, to break down James's game. And he thought, you know, there, there's been the the new foul rules here in the NBA that have affected James Harden. His hamstring has affected him. Ultimately, he's still after 21 points, eight rebounds, and almost 10 assists on 40% from the field, 35% from three. It's big nummies, big nummies overall. Pre- pretty good production. <laughs> Have you ever heard of him being called Jimbo Slice? Never Absolutely never yeah, in my life. That's a good, that's a good deep cut. Um, that's a nickname on basketball reference for anyone who's wondering. I think, do you agree that he's the unanimous second overall pick? I do. I th- it, we, we are like hyper fixated on James Harden for good reason, but also still not appreciating just how like insanely good he is at so many things. You know, it's a weird spot to be in where you're used to like, you know, you're getting, you, you thought you'd get a one, a guy and you got like a one C guy and you're like really scrutinizing it. But those numbers are pretty good despite the field goal percentage, which, you know, is not, not so great, but whatever. Can I do something? Would you rather have Karis LeVert and Jared Allen or James Harden? I would rather have James Harden. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm looking at we're pulling up Karis LeVert's stats. He's at he's only played 17 games because obviously he had a bunch of health issues, averaging about 15 points, three rebounds, and three assists. Not efficient shooting. You know we love Karis dearly. Jared Allen on the other like Jared Allen's the better player right now than Karis is. Jared Allen's at 17 points, 11 rebounds, two assists, 70 percent from the field. Yeah. He's actually good, but, people's the, faces. but the problem is like he would not be putting up those numbers on this team, unfortunately, with Kevin Durant on the team. Like no. that's and you know they're it's a different situation. But I mean, obviously, I think we all thought that that was like within the realm of reason for Jerry Allen. I think like we actually probably I feel like at, at one time we were like I think seventeen points per game is his like ceiling <laughs> specifically. It's possible. I don't know if that's just me being insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, I obviously like. In a vacuum, without like Harris Levert's injury stuff, which is still kind of ongoing, um, I still take James Harden despite everything. Yeah, I t- you, the, the ceiling's way higher with just having James Harden. Obviously, there's so much more. Like they're all the first round picks. So like, would you like? I don't. Overall, like, would you take the trade back? No, there's there's not a shot. I'm I am a little worried that our boy Harden doesn't Here, have the question about the consistency. I, I guess. The more interesting question at this point is like re- whether you resign him <laughs> or like if the, the max yeah. contract stuff is interesting. I, I, I say obviously do it, but like, um, you know, we'll have I'm interested to see like whether he feels good about that decision. If this continues in this direction, you know, going into ne- I, he'll obviously get a max contract um, from somebody, if not us. It's just kind of an interesting spot to be in after having not signed and start off the season as slow as he did. It's a tricky spot. I remember even when they traded for him, I was thinking like the max contract thing is like a little bit of a risky deal because he's he is a little bit older. That means like you're adding another five years onto this guy who 
like, you know, we talk about the free throws. Well, the free throws means he's like, he was getting hit, right? And he wasn't this guy that like Dwayne Wade, where he fell to the floor all the time Mm -hmm. and was taking those shots, but he was a physical player. He is a physical player. And if that diminishes, which we've already seen, then like, who is he? He's still 20, you know, eight and eight or 28 and 10. A walk and triple double, but just minus 10 points. So he just needs to, you know, the thing is he just needs to be a little bit more efficient from shooting and that'll see. So the third pick, I think to me, the third pick is unanimous as well, though you could quibble, but I'm taking LaMarcus Aldridge, your guy. Um, LaMarcus has been a revelation for this team. I had no clue that he would be this good. He's uh, the mid-range murderer, Mm. Uh, 14 points, six rebounds, an assist a game, shooting 57% from the field. Uh, Without LaMarcus this year, I think this team is like 500, honestly. If they had gone with, let's say, Paul Millsap and Blake Griffin and no LaMarcus, if LaMarcus was never able to come back, uh, they would be 500 and we'd all be panicking and freaking out. But he is on this team. He's now starting. And closing games. Um, I'm also slightly more impressed about his defense than I was. Like, I thought he would be just a potato sack. And I think it's a little more, it's like a potato sack with some spuds. It's, he's definitely got spuds. He's got some weird, um, like it's a, it's potato with real hands, you know, it's got clever hands. We talk about all the time. Um, I'm going to go obviously Patty Mills next. That's not going to be a surprise for anybody. Um, so that was like, to me, it's like you could take Patty Mills over LaMarcus. I I, think, I think you could, um, but you're not going to take anybody after Patty here because he's been sensational and just a real anchor when things are not going well. Uh, Patty has a unique ability to, um, write the ship, uh, as best as he possibly can, given everything. Um, yeah. Have have enjoyed him enormously. He's shooting a really high percentage from three, more so than, I think, is he leading the league or close to? Somewhere like that, right? He was leading the He was at 50% at one point. Now he's gone. Now he's at 47%. I don't know if he's quite yeah. leading the league. I jo- check Joe Harris that. numbers. Joe Harris numbers. I mean, the, the thing I love about Patty is that, I'll, I'll call someone out here. Alex Sturm, friend of the show. Mm. Said I, he tweeted out, I think it was after the Timberwolves game. I continue to question Patty Mills's shot selection. I will do so. Like, I'll wow. continue to question it. Wow. How, how dare you? How, how dare you? I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> sometimes he takes some wild heat check moment shots, but I, you know, I, this team kind of really needed that. They need the, a guard like that, particularly without Kyrie Irving. Uh, Mike Connolly's number one. Patty Mills, in terms of three-point percentage, Mike Connolly did not know that. Forty-seven point five percent from and three. Then, and then Joe Harris in, in third. Like we should be, we should be so dominant. Like why aren't we? When they when they come back. When they come when back. he comes back. Um, um, but but Patty, I appreciate they needed this confidence. They needed like a ball handler like him, who when James Harden is like not quite feeling it, which is like every other game. And it's all on KD. You do need a guy who's taking irrational shots that go in basically 50% of the time. Uh, he's pretty good. Okay, your third pick. This one's going to be – this one's might come as a surprise. I don't know. But, I mean, it's going to be Bembry for me. Like, this is – this How is dare you. <laughs> the extent to which I think that was, Bembry that was targeted. has um, – you know, he's he's just risen to prominence. Sorry, DeAndre apostrophe Bembry, I meant to say. Um, he is – uh, quickly becoming a real, um, 
I don't know what he has to- no like, nicknames, by the way. Whoa, how is that? Whoa, um, and, his, and his Twitter thing is Fear the Fro. Did he? Oh, no, did he ever what? have a fro? We're, we're looking at basketball reference for the well, go podcast. To the, go to crowd. the Instagram. Did he get is he off there too? Man, he's just what a man of mystery. <laughs> I love it. Oops, error. error occurred. No, not there. De- oh nuked his own is account. Is he like an assassin? Yeah. Is he like, I don't know if you watched the show Barry on HBO, but like, was he in fact an assassin and then decided to play basketball? Wow. Nuked and his now, own social. What a, what a boss. Boss moves, so I like him even or, more. Yeah. Or during this episode, he's tweeted something horrific and he's right. decided to. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> probably more like There's more than one way of nuking your social account. You know, there's a couple mm-hmm. different ways. Um, but yeah, anyways, he's become quickly like a kind of figurehead of our defensive identity, which is, you know, a not bad one. Nobody's talking about the Nets having crummy defense anymore. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with, with Bembry and Bruce Brown. Um, but also Bembry, um, who's like also still crushing from the three point percentage, still somehow over 40%, I believe. Uh, yeah. 42 here. 43, almost 43. Um, and yeah, in general, like how can you say anything negative about a guy who was like maybe a fringe rotation player? Who's pretty confidently, locked into a starting lineup position as far as I can tell. Is that, I mean, is anyone challenging him for, for that position right now? Well, so what is it? So when Joe Harris comes back, it does Patty Mills move back to the bench. Then, then you go yeah. James, Joe, Bembry, LaMarcus and KD. I, I think, I mean, I you, think could, so. you could, yeah, I think cause you want the defense of Bembry out there. Like I've just really enjoyed the way he plays defense. You know, like I've talked about this so many times before, they really needed this stretchy-ish wing guy. He's not super tall, but he's got some length and real athleticism to him. Um, he's so active. I think he's really smart, too, Yeah, on I, on the moves I, that he makes. And look at his effective field goal percentage. It's over 60, which is like, you know, you're in a like backup, you know, front court player at those, at those numbers. Like he's what you want out of role players in these, in in a team like this is like high efficiency field goal percentage stuff. Like just like as whenever you're open, please just, just hit it. And he's really just done his job in that, in that regard. And he really doesn't make, so he does make some kind of reckless drives to the rim at times though. I appreciate it because it's out of aggression. He does not take bad mid range, bad threes. He doesn't do that. He doesn't, that's not really part of his, it's not in his bag. No, you know he only takes one three a game, and he's at a high he, percentage. He takes the three that like he's dared to. He's so open that it's like basically like I bet you can't make that, which is yeah. good. You know, keep him so honest. He, he he's been a good pickup, and it is kind of shocking that he's over Bruce Brown at this point. You know, they're kind of on each other's corners a bit. So Brian, to recap, is Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, and Bembry. I have Lamarcus Aldridge and James Harden, and this is where the draft gets hard. But I know this guy's injured, but it's just pure value at this point. Joe Harris, I know he, you know, we can feel however we want to feel about Joe. He's third in the NBA in three-point percentage. He's scoring 11 points a game and four rebounds. He's no longer, the thing out of his game that's kind of disappeared is the drive to the hoop. You know, that conversation that announcers always have? He's more than a shooter. Uh, He's kind of stopped being more than a shooter. His Two-point attempts this year is around two and a half per game. At one point two years ago, it was at five and a half. And that's when he was the driver bro that we all loved. He's he's stopped doing that, but he's still a, a deadly efficient three-point shooter. Um, I, I would like him to maybe find a little bit more of that off-the-bounce rhythm. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm not going to complain. When he comes back, I think we're all going to feel super great when we have lineups of Harden, Patty Mills, Joe Harris, KD, and LaMarcus Aldridge, and the amount of shooting that it's going to be on the floor, not even just from three, but with mid-range, with LaMarcus and obviously Kevin Durant, is it's going to be tough for the Nets not to score on literally every single possession. Yeah. Uh, except for James Harden. Um, so I go Joe Harris. Here's who's on the board. Okay. It's sort of like the bigger bench players, Nick Claxton, Paul Millsap, James Johnson, Blake Griffin. Uh, it is the young buck, Cam Thomas. It's everyone's favorite center, Bruce Brown. And it's the ghost of Kyrie Irving. God, if I was trying to be funny and cool, I would take the ghost of Kyrie Irving because I could say, oh, he's going to be Damian Lillard, which I may do that. Um, gosh. Be, go ahead. Be funny and cool. You always, oh, you've always wanted to be that way, Mike. It's always just. It's, <laughs> you, you know what? All right. This is the last podcast. Ever. Okay. I'm going to do this on believing that it's going to pay off at some point. Now, this is this is probably the worst pick of the draft. I'm taking Nick Claxton. I'm taking Nick Claxton. I know that he had, uh, the, you know, what? what's the letter after Omicron for for Corona? I mean, like he had the mystery illness of all mystery lambda. illnesses. Ligma? He had the lambda. Ligma. Lambda, lambda, lambda. <laughs> you know, you know Ligma? Um, but he was bad. He's only played in five games this year. Um, he was bad to start the season when he was the starting center for this team. Nash threw him out there to the Wolves, and he got devoured. But this team, one of the things that we've identified that it needs, you know, on our shopping list, our holiday shopping list, is a pick-and-roll big. And he is the one guy on the team that is actually a pick-and-then-roll big. Mm. He's the mm. only guy that can catch alley-oops and throw him down with regularity. Harden needs that. Harden, to be optimized, does need a big who can set a pick and then roll to the rim because Harden is so gifted at delivering passes around traffic into bigs. I'm betting that when Nick Claxton finally gets his wind about him, um, that he will he will be a, a valued contributor, uh, and that he will you know do something for this team. And if not, they'll trade him this year for someone good. So it's kind of also that play. I'm I'm diversifying my portfolio here now brian it's up to you yeah i'm gonna go cam thomas because he plays and is good you know all of your guys oh are, that's a, that's a thing are yeah, diseased and benched so i'll uh <laughs> i'll go i'll go you you're going off projections i'm going off actuals here um sure yeah. <laughs> so cam it's cam is is coming into his own slowly but surely he's still we still have to play houston this week uh or is it next week i can't remember no um, yeah it's dallas then houston yeah and in that game, back to back. we basically promised our audience that that's his breakout game. And from there on, he's like, a you know, at least minimum 20 point per game scorer filling he's scoring up 55 points in that game. Yes. Yeah. And from there on Taking 55 shots, it'll be a, an entirely different narrative. And the whole, um, the whole league will be fixated, um, on, on Cam Thomas. So, so that, for that reason, I'm taking him, um, that all checks out with you, right? Is that all fair to say what I've just laid it, out? Yeah. It, yeah, he's been he's been even more of a contributor than I thought. I, it's he's still a little obviously he's a little shaky. He's but, a little shaky. He's a little rough around the edges. 
Yeah. Um, he, that that comma's com killing you, isn't it? You can't get it. There you yeah. go. <laughs> <Stop>. um, <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to go, ooh, this is actually kind of tough down here. Now we're getting into really tough territory. Okay, here's who, Paul Millsap, Irving, Blake, Bruce Brown, James Johnson. There's some there's some meat on that boat. I got to tell you, I might go James Johnson at this point, yeah. which is scary. I was scary. thinking about James Johnson over Nick Claxton, to be honest. I think I got to go. Uh, you should go James Johnson. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. Um, I'm pressuring you into it. Yeah, so. I mean, also, just looking at my you know team construction here, I need a little size. Um, <laughs> That's not really how we're doing this picture. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> not, not yeah, building a roster. James Johnson has adequately fulfilled his the expectation that he's a he's a Swiss Army knife, you know, a lunch pail guy, um, you know, not formally a blue collar boy, and that that meme has seemingly died and been banished to the bench along with Blake, <laughs> oh my with God. Blake Griffin. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> So, so anyways, Remember how happy yeah. people are printing T-shirts about the blue collar boys. Yeah, that's that's a cursed Jeez. meme now. Uh, so, but anyways, um, yeah. What can you say? But I mean, he's also like we've talked about his huevos rancheros. He's finishing games weirdly. Um, he's and, a game winner and baby. hitting, and in two separate occasions, hitting both like you know putting the game away ish threes and game winning free throws weirdly so um he's also got the best nickname in basketball blood sport i'm just reminded of that now it doesn't doesn't get used enough uh it's one of the more underutilized great name nicknames we do kind of need iron eagle to yell blood sport yeah at some point there need to happen um broadcast yeah and he's just been karate chopping his way um into the rotation more and more so uh you know if Given the choice between him and people who are being slowly banished to the shadow realm, like Blake Griffin and you know Paul Millsap, whose resurgence is just ever so nascent, while whilst being sort of there, um, yeah, James Johnson, heck, why not? Um, I really hope he shoots well enough to stay in the rotation. Right now, he's shooting forty eight percent from the field, but only twenty seven percent from. Th he's just not a three point shooter. He can't shoot free throws. He's usually a sixty eight percent from the for his career. Those numbers but he's are pretty hanky. That's a small yeah, sample size. He hasn't got theory. fouled. Yeah, basically. Um, I've loved, he has a nice passing touch. He, he seems like a great, like a great, like sort of vibe addition to the team where, I mean, his nickname is Bloodsport. It's nice to have a guy on your bench named Bloodsport. You, you want to have somebody who can do a roundhouse kick, you know, that's, it's important, I think. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So he, my turn, I'm going to take Kyrie Irving here. Oh, wow. This is a value play. Wow. Um, dude, your team is a <laughs> calamity is a walking calamity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one guy is he has broken hamstrings. Another guy is has a, a I mean Aldridge, a heart condition. Aldridge is good, but <laughs> yeah, other than that, Joe Harris is a broken ankle. Dick Claxton had a mysterious disease, yeah. and Kyrie <laughs> is afraid of of vaccines. God, what kind yeah. of team did I construct? Yeah. Um, glass house. Yeah. The but but um, there is still a shot that Kyrie wakes up one day because he does change his mind on things sometimes and decides hey i like basketball and i see a lot of people feel really okay after taking vaccinations maybe i will do the same and if he does that i will personally throw him a parade i know we should celebrate a guy who has held out the vaccine this long and finally decides to do it but i'm we're you know let's have fun mm -hmm. um he uh, he it would be great if he played basketball. Do you agree, Brian? It would be great if Kyrie Irving played basketball. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we'd love it. We'd love it out here. But even if not, I'm trying to be cool and funny. Value to possibly turn Kyrie Ir the ghost of Kyrie Irving into Jimmy Stewart from what's that movie? Miracle of Christmas or whatever. It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I don't watch those movies. You know, that's not for me. <laughs>
I don't watch this. <laughs> they don't play those at Denny's on Christmas yeah. Day. <laughs> <laughs> that was wait. Have we talked about that on the podcast? That was a good roast. Quick. Yeah, that was a good roast. That was, a dark, that was a dark roast. It was Matt Parker. Shout out. Yeah, he has a Folgers. Yeah. The the why you have to be in the Discord is that Sean, good friend, good friend of the show, said I ruined Avengers Endgame, which. I know it's a meme that I've ruined movies, but if I'm ruining v- Avengers Endgame for you because they fought Thanos, like we think we know <laughs> that they doing, fought Thanos. You're doing it again, Mike. You're doing it again. Shit. <laughs> but Matt Parker defended me because he was like, think about Mike's childhood. He was eating, he was at Denny's on Thanksgiving and then going to Circuit City on Black Friday. I was six, like, 6 a.m. on Black Friday. That is a dark childhood. <laughs> it's like pretty bad. Okay. Um, you should just see the thousand only on YouTube you could see the thousand mile stare in Mike's eye when, <laughs> when looking back at Circuit City. Anyways, sorry. What were we talking about? Bruce Brown. I pick Bruce Brown. I pick Bruce Brown yeah. over Blake and over Paul Millsap and the other yeah. other people that are on the bench. I mean, it's again, he actually still plays basketball. He'll have good games, he'll have games where he doesn't really shoot that well from the field. I still like his intensity. Like even in the game against the Bulls, he shot two for eleven from the field. He hit a big shot near the end that kept it close. He did miss a point blank layup though as well. We love Bruce Brown. We I love I, him. We I, love I, him. I'm never going to say a negative word about Bruce. We love He's him. on my team. He's the only guy on my team that actually plays, plays besides basketball. Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. <laughs> so I need someone who plays basketball. Brian, get two picks, and you, you I'm basically. A, I'm going to blow through these, Mike. We're going to blow. We're going to start. We're yeah, hitting we're the not. lightning speed. It's Paul Millsap, and then Blake yep. Griffin over Javon Carter, which is a fall from grace to even say it. But like, you know, I agree with you. Javon is in an interest. Well, I'm not going to do that. But anyways, Paul Millsap looks like he's coming back online. Blake Griffin, I still believe, has you know some definitely like another weird moment in him where he comes back. You know, resurgent, full of life. You know, I I sure. I, I believe in. I believe in miracles too much to have that not happen. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but I'm, you know, these, these are just my thick boys showing up my front court here. Um, a couple <laughs> of thick boys that I need to, to, uh, yeah, to get some, get some boards, take some charges, you know, do, do some, some dirty work. Um, but now, and also you're stuck with Javon Carter. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I could be funny and be like, I'm going to take Dayron Sharp yeah. and David Duke Jr. But it's, it's, I mean, I should take Javon Carter. He still plays professional basketball. I, you know, he's been, I guess, disappointing this year. I haven't looked up Landry Shamit's stats. I'm sure Landry Shamit's a better player than Javon Carter. But the Nets were never going to pay Landry Shamit $10 million a year. They just weren't. Not going to happen. And they took a gamble on Javon Carter. So Javon Carter and of the rookies, Kessler Edwards, Dayron Sharp, David Duke, I'm just going to take the talent of Dayron Sharp. Can I also say about Javon Carter, like I, if he, again, like it's just about, it's more about taking things off the game than putting things on. If he could just be a reliable ball handler to get us into our offense, his like 10 minutes a game or whatever are totally fine. Totally fine. It's just these like ill-conceived offensive flourishes that I just I, I don't think I don't know why he's doing it and I want it to stop. That's all. It's it's like that shirt you buy at Marshalls where like you just want a classic like Ralph Lauren button down, one color. You just want like a basic thing, but every Ralph Lauren shirt at Marshalls is like this wild sort of like Easter level. Mm. What's the kind of flannel that at Easter? I don't know, uh, but yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Pastels or whatever. Pastel, sure. It's like, there, or there's like this, there'll be like a pocket patch that is like a jean. There'll yeah. be jean fabric, but everything else is normal. Like, 
can, you, can I just get a navy blue? A navy blue button down. No, you can't. Yeah. Everything in Marshalls has that extra little yeah. flourish to it. Mike's like, like I, Javon can Carter. I just get my short sleeve button down, white, white on white, white, white. <laughs> deep, deep white. And then we need and, barbecue sauce. And a pair of we'll sharp just... spectacles. Can I get, can I get my look? Can Locked I get it. some pleated pants, please? <laughs> yeah. Where did pleats go? When I was a kid, pleats were in. <laughs> Now you don't see kids with pleats. All right. Now They're take all on TikTok. <laughs> now ta- well, I know you've got Dayron Sharp. Good. I mean, like this last bit, like we can we can fly through. Yeah, you get you get Kessler Edwards and uh, David, David Duke Jr. Yeah, I even have more players on my team. Look at Wait, me. do you want Kessler first or David Duke first? I want. Yeah, I don't. I guess you don't give a <laughs> I shit. Right? Give a shit. Um, Dayron looks good in his moments. You know, I, I kind of like Thank his. You. It's got good build, but we don't need to spend a ton of time there, Mike. They're not. None of those guys are going to play. Uh, let's go through Dayron Sharp. Though. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, here are the teams. You guys decide for yourself who did better. I think Brian definitely crushed me in this. Okay, this is Brian. Bu- this is Bud Egan. Who- this is Bud Egan, not Brian. <laughs> Bud Egan. <laughs> uh, Buddy Garrity, uh, Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, DeAndre Bembry, Cam Thomas, James Johnson, Paul Millsap, Blake Griffin, Kessler Edwards, and David Duke Jr. That's Brian. Killers. I have Harden, Lamarcus Aldridge, Joe Harris, Nick Claxton. Kyrie Irving, Bruce Brown, Javon Carter, and Dayron Sharp. Uh, let's end this up right now because I got a call. Brian, wrap us up because I have a call from AAA. As Thank we you so much for joining us at Nets Daily, at BK Glue Guys on Twitter. Mike, you're picking up your calls. Don't dox yourself. Uh, good on you. Thanks for meeting that. Um, guys, uh, oh, scarykills.com at The Athletic. You already know. Get behind that paywall. I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing. Mike's already leaving. He's got a nail in his tire. We're out of here. Thank you guys so much. Um, I did it. I think I did it. That was a good outro. You know, maybe I should be. Maybe I should be in the lead chair. This has got me thinking now. Coup? Should we start? Should we storm the Capitol? Storm Mike's Capitol? Next time. Find out next time on the Glue Guys. Bye, everybody.